This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Come for the craft beer, bourbon, whiskey, and great drinks. Stay for the conversations. Here's your host, Jonathan Green. Welcome into another episode. We've got a great one for you. We have Taylor Austin Dye, country musician, Kentucky native, doing some cool things in Nashville, hitting the road a lot, making some great music. And our tasting notes is a fun one because it's the holiday season, and we want to know about those good cocktails to make, especially uh, maybe a little eggnog, a little spiked eggnog there. Jake Solik joins us for tasting notes. It's a fun episode. It's a full episode. And also, if you can, give us that uh, five-star rating. Give us a like, a follow on all of our social medias. And uh, check out all of our past episodes because we've got a lot of great ones. Enjoy the show. It's almost time. Where did I where, where did I put those? Here they are. <laughs> it's time for tasting notes. Welcome back to another tasting notes. We have with us once again Jake Sullick, beverage director, partner with Professors LLC. Jake, thanks for you know talking some more cocktails and and fun stuff with us. Thanks for having me back, Jonathan. I appreciate it. Now, you know, before we talked about pairing foods, um, you know, for Thanksgiving, Christmas, now we're kind of into that Christmas season and even New Year's is right around the corner. Um, One of the things that I think about this time of year, or at least that comes to mind, is eggnog. Not something that I always go go for because it just kind of weirds me out for whatever reason, but I know a lot of people love it. Can you tell people a little bit about eggnogs and how how it kind of works with uh, a little bit of alcohol too? Yes. Two things jump out at me. First of all, don't be afraid of eggnog. It's delicious <laughs> when it's prepared right. It's one of the best things you can drink this time of year. Second of all, please do yourself and your friends and family a favor and never buy pre-bottled or pre-batched eggnog off of a store shelf. Not that there's going to be anything wrong with it, but it's not nearly as good as what you can make at home with just you know 20 minutes in, in the kitchen. It's, the nog itself is a, is a really, really old recipe. It's going back hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of years. The the key difference between it and a lot of other egg-based cocktails is going to be it always has a whole egg. Uh, a lot of the other drinks that we talk about, such as sours, will often have an egg white in this. Uh, the eggnog is going to actually have the yolk as well, and that's you know, in the 1600s, that was adding protein. Uh, an eggnog was something that you'd have when you got off work to add nourishment to the body. Uh, so it always starts with a whole egg. You're going to have some sort of spirit, a traditional brandy or especially here bourbon, whiskey, or rye makes a, a wonderful eggnog. You're going to have some sort of cream element. I like to use half and half. Uh, and, and then you're going to have a little bit of sugar. Um, simple syrup that you can make on your stovetop works, although uh, I like to put a little bit of something called allspice dram, which is a Caribbean liqueur that's flavored with allspice and sometimes a little bit of cinnamon. This time of year when we lean into the baking spices in drinks, it's adds just a little bit of kick to a good eggnog. Well, and, and I was going to say, I know in the past when we've talked about eggnog, what's something people need to watch out for? Because I feel like they, they might go back pretty easy. So there's not a lot that you can do wrong with it. As long as you understand, um, you know, the, the basic ingredients, you know, th- there are a few kitchen things you want to be aware of. Like you don't want to accidentally put any eggshells in, into the into the batter when you're mixing it up, you want to make sure that you you keep your workspace sanitary, but but you can really do anything you want. Uh, there's a very famous bartender who doesn't need me to dump alkalades on him out in Oregon named Jeffrey Morgenthaler, who makes an amazing tequila and sherry eggnog, which on paper 
looks a little bit weird, but then you drink it and it's one of the best things you've ever had. So really, it's a, it's a blank canvas. You, you can look at it a lot like punch. In the spring and summer, we talk about punch and how you can make it out of anything. You can dilute it down with anything. It's really about just keeping your ratios correct. Eggnog's a very similar situation. As long as, long as you keep the, the same fundamental parts, you can mix and match and put anything you'd like in it. And then, you know, when this time of year is always celebratory as well. You know, you got New Year's, New Year's parties, even maybe a, a few uh, late ho- holiday parties for, for Christmas. Um, what are maybe some good cocktails that work this time of year for whether it's a larger group or just, you know, the, the, the type of gatherings that we're having? I would do a, a, a fall-inspired punch, I, I think. And you don't have to even put it in a traditional punch bowl. Uh, here I use, you know, a 40 or 64-ounce pitcher when I'm, when I'm making punch. But this time of year, we tend towards darker rums, um, Isla Scotch, rye whiskey. We tend towards darker flavors. And a punch lends itself really well to this. You can use a dark aged or even a, a black rum as your base, lemon or lime juice for acid. You can use some fresh simple syrup, maybe add a little bit of allspice dram to it, and then dilute it down with a, something like a black tea. Or, uh, as we get closer to New Year's, I really like to dilute my punch down with sparkling wine. I think just like a nice little bottle of kava on top, add some bubbles, which adds some texture when you're drinking a cocktail. But it's something that you can do in about five minutes in your kitchen. Well, and I always feel like, too, this time of year, you kind of mentioned it right there with the sparkling wine. You got the sparkling cider, all, all of that stuff. If someone's like, I don't exactly want to ring in the New Year's with just that, what's something they could maybe, uh, quote-unquote, spice it up with? If you're a beer drinker, there are plenty of winter shandy options. You know, we uh, have in the past, we talk a lot about Amaro's and how it's a trending uh, category and everybody's mixing cocktails with it and learning in the States how to drink it. Uh, there are a lot of classic combinations when you can take uh, a beer that would come out, uh, a lighter style stout or Marzen this time of year, actually add a shot of some sort of orange flavor tomorrow, top it up with beer, maybe add a slice of orange or a lemon to it, and you've got a great highball style cocktail that's going to be a little bit more suited to a beer drinker's taste. I love that. I love that. And, and Jake, I appreciate the knowledge as always. Thank you, Jonathan. Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us now on the Bar Conversations podcast is Eastern Kentucky native, if I'm getting specific, country artist, and I think just someone that likes to have a good time. Please welcome uh, Taylor Austin Dye. Taylor, welcome in. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, well, I'm glad you you could come on. I know you're uh, you're out on the road a lot, um, you know, but I also know you like a good drink because I'm pretty sure I saw on Instagram you were in the recording studio and literally you're recording and holding one of these in your hand. <laughs> hey, it's good for your throat while you're recording vocals. <laughs> or I like to think it is anyway. That's what I tell myself. Hey, and I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, it just keeps everything, you know, loose. You're not too, too up, you know, too stressed out or you're just having a good time. It, yeah, just makes everything just a little bit better, you know. <laughs> not so now on edge. <laughs> now, what do you got in your glass tonight? You got anything good? Well, I am drinking Cooper's Craft, Kentucky mm. Bourbon, um, and Cock and Bull for a little Kentucky Mule. 
um, and oh. the glass here. So I was gonna yeah. say, so so do you so do you drink it? Are you a neat person on occasion, cocktail person on occasion? Is it just kind of the mood? Listen, I've never met any form of alcohol that I would turn down. Um, so, you know, it, it, I guess just, you know, in the mood, whatever, but this is kind of like my sip in, I do a TikTok live once a week and this is usually what I'll sip on during the live. It's just easy to gradually drink, you know? Hey, no, nothing wrong with that. Now, do you do any other, you know, I mean, you said you, you don't turn down a liquor, but I mean, are you, do you like tequila, beer, anything like that too, that ranks up there with the whiskey? Um, so my favorite tequila, I'm going to, it's sitting back here. There it is. Um, can you see it in this white? bottle yeah so that's my all-time favorite tequila it's called classe azul and it is a reposado um okay. so good and the best part is it's got a little bell on i'll just have to show you i'll just <laughs> I, I won't show you. It's so, cool. so it has this little like uh silver thing on top and like when you take a shot um <laughs> you ring the bell isn't that so cool <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's my favorite tequila. Um, and I'm a Miller Lite girl with cars beer. So, hey, <laughs> that, that's, that, that's what I grew up on Miller Lite. And then, yep. yeah, I've, I've gradually worked my way into just about every, everything else. My dad, Miller Lite, give him a craft beer. He just makes a face and just give him his Miller yeah. Lite. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, that's awesome that people love craft beer and they're so into it. I love that, but I will take my $4 Miller Lite <laughs> any day. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you you know you mentioned you know being in the recording studio lately doing some warm ups you know we, I joked you know you had this in your hand uh, you know what would how would you describe your music that that you get to put out these days? Well, it's been a long time coming for me to really I know it sounds cliche but to kind of find my sound and I've been writing songs since I was like 12 years old so I've had a lot of practice with it and I feel like now I'm really getting into the groove ever since I released Mean back in the end of 2019 coming up on two years now um, I've really just started to find that groove that I love to put out you know that kind of rock in a little bit redneck a lot of country that southern kind of thing and so that's what I've been really kind of leaning into lately I, I, you know listening to it I don't want to say a little, little bit of country with some attitude and I, and I don't even mean that in a bad way, you know, like, because even on some of the, I wouldn't call them slow, slow songs, but, you know, mm -hmm. the little deeper songs, you know, like you got a little, little attitude to with it. I mean, would that be fair to say? I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's not. I don't think it is either. But yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> now, I, I remember reading, you've pretty much grown up with music all your life. What What got you into music? Was it family? Was it just you know, people playing instruments around you where you grew up? What what got you into music? Actually, no one in my family plays any kind of instrument or sings or anything like that. But ever since I was little, um, my mom said as soon as I started, before I even started to talk, I was like, I was always wanting to listen to music. I would just like kick my legs in the car seat every time like Hank Jr. would come on or ACDC. That was like two of my favorites when I was like two years old. Um, and I just kind of always gravitated toward music I always wanted to have the radio on you know and I started kindergarten I guess when I was five and I hated school like absolutely hated school I would literally cry every day all day um and so eventually I found out that you could take or my mom found out you could take music lessons throughout the day during school he would like there was his uh his name was Mr. Wilson and he would come and pull you out of school for like an hour and give you a lesson of your instrument of choice 
And so I started out on the fiddle with him. It made me hate school a little bit less. And he would pull me out. <laughs> had something a to look bit. forward to. Yeah, I had something that I was so excited about. And so my mom actually started taking lessons with me so she could teach me along the way. And I think I passed her up after Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Like, it was just so funny. Like, I was like, no, mom, this is how you do it. And so she was just like, okay, well, I'm done with lessons. You can just do it. So, anyway, long story short, I started out with fiddle. And then from there, I picked up mandolin, um, guitar, bass. A little bit of everything along the way um, from him, and he taught me completely by ear growing up. Uh, that, that's awesome. I, my my daughter loves. You know, I know we were joking a little bit before before I hit the record button. My daughter loves music. Unfortunately, she's not into ACDC or Hank, even though I try. <laughs> she then goes put on my songs, and that's usually something from Frozen these days. Um, but well, but yeah, I have no musical ability, and I'm hoping that we can give her her some. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, get them into it young, because you know. Uh, I think when you start when you start that young, it's kind of built in and ingrained into you. It's a lot easier, you know. A- absolutely, and then maybe she can have some rhythm and and some, some more ability than me. <laughs> uh, um, you, you know, you talked about those early influences. Is that those were those ones that kind of stayed along the the journey as you kind of became more of an artist and and you know developed, or, or were there other outside influences besides you know an ACDC? I mean, other classic country or new country or anything like that oh I always was listening to classic country um I, when I was five years old right after I I guess I was about to turn six I actually started um in Kentucky we have a music venue called Renfro Valley and they have like weekly you might have heard of it um it's, it's like weekly barn dances they have in young country and so when I was five I was actually on that show and I, I remember I would sing Coal Miner's Daughter um, coat of many colors, like, you know, Loretta Lynn Dolly, all that stuff. And I'm, I was heavily influenced by that. Um, it was so funny because I was running around with a little tape player that had Loretta Lynn's hits on it. Like when I was like six years old and everybody else was like listening to, I don't know, the Disney Lion King soundtrack or whatever. But, um, so yeah, that was definitely a big part of growing up and being part of that kind of little community at Renfro Valley was being around all this old time music and, classic country that I just, I fell in love with. I was going to say, I mean, do, do you get to go back there, there often? I mean, I know they got the Kentucky music hall of fame there and yeah, and with, obviously with what's been going on lately, it's a little harder to, to get to do some of that stuff, but right. I mean, have, do you still go back there at all? You know, I haven't been back there since I was probably in middle school, <laughs> believe it or not. So, uh, but that'd be pretty cool to go back. I should, I should try to do that. <laughs> See, I gave a good, a good idea, a little, 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 little conversation, some good, good ideas. I'll, I'll credit that to you. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you grew up, uh, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, Owsley County, Kentucky. Owsley County, yes, sir. <clears throat> can, now, I, I, I joke because my, my family grew up in West Virginia. My dad, if you can find where he grew up on in the map, you are zoomed in really far. Um, how, how far in are we zooming in on Owsley County? So, to give you a little point of view our whole county's population is 4700 that's the whole county uh, we have one school and the town it's in is called Boonville that's our county seat and it is population 111 and um, yeah everyone goes to the same school and we have about 300 people total in the from middle school to high school and then about 300 total in the elementary preschool so very very small everybody knows everybody's business <laughs> so uh, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing i won't say but 
Very small. Yeah. Well, but, but I know it's in a, in, a, in a beautiful area. You know, the, the Red River Gorge area is, is, is down there. How, how did growing up there and just in Kentucky in general impact you and, and what you do? Well, so I, um, I grew up on a backer farm uh, for, for most of my childhood. My, my grandparents raised all kinds of crops and tobacco. And so I, w- I grew up around that. I was on the farm with them, you know, since I could. I, my papa would set me on his knee and take me to set backer up in the hall. Or like, as far as I can remember, I, I grew up doing that kind of thing. And, you know, just being outside and really just living the country life. You know, I have a song about it called White Oak where I kind of highlight um what it was like and then I have a music video that we actually filmed on my grandparents farm so um you know eastern Kentucky is about as as country as it gets um and I I think that uh you know I'm I'm super glad that I grew up that way because a lot of people don't get to experience that now now do you still I'm sure you get to visit family but Mm -hmm. is Nashville home now or, or where is home for you yeah, I've been in Nashville for um, four years in January, so, you know, right at four years now. Um, and I go home as much as I can. I'm, I, recently, I've been super busy on the road and everything, and I've not got to go home as much as I like. But, yeah, when I go home, I make it a point to go up in the hauler, take the four-wheeler, take the Razor, you know, and just kind of be connected in that way. Uh, it's kind of like a little reset for me when I get to go home. Well, I was going to say, it's not like you got a cell, great cell service or anything else when you get oh, down no, in the mountains. no cell service. <laughs> I mean, it just says no service up there where your bars are. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, per- perfect way to, you know, kind of reset. But I, I feel like, though, Nashville was probably what was always going to call to you. Because, uh, I mean, is that is that true? I mean, that was kind of maybe where you were just always destined to be? So, yeah, I mentioned that I took um, music lessons and then... An opportunity came that he was taking some of his students down to Nashville for this little summer camp type thing in Hillsboro, and um, I went to that for several years. and And every time I would come back home, I'd be like begging my parents, "Please let's move to Nashville! Please let's move to Nashville!" Um, and unfortunately, didn't get to. But uh, I always was just I felt so like inspired every time I would come and visit, and I just love the people and the atmosphere, and you know even young like walking down Broadway not even being able to go in the bars but just standing at the windows just like oh my gosh I want to do this um and so it's always called to me like that yeah well and and now that you're there what what's that like because obviously now you can go into the bars you can play the bars I mean it's it's a little different now right uh yeah it's I mean there was a point where I was playing you know 11 shows a week downtown on Broadway um, a couple years ago and it's fun it's awesome I love it I would not trade it for anything I know a lot of people like hate on it it's like ah I played Broadway and it was rough and I paid my dues but you know what I just look at it like this I don't want to ever be sitting behind a desk doing desk work so to me even the worst Broadway gig four hours with nobody in the bar. I would rather do that any day than sit at a desk. (laughs) That's kind of my take on it. And as I say, it seems to be working out just fine. It seems to be, everything seems to be moving in the right direction. Now you talked about this, you know, with the song White Oak, uh, drawn on past experiences, you know, family life. Um, is that typical for you when you're, you're writing, uh, or, or how does, or does it just come from an idea or, or is it a little bit of a combination depending on, 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 
kind of what's striking you at the time? Um, sometimes I'll write about experiences. Sometimes I'll just get an idea. Like, honestly, I don't really have a rhyme or reason for anything that I write. Uh, it's just kind of like, it could be, I could hear someone say something walking down the hall and then I'm like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta write that. So, um, I don't really have rhyme or reason, but Wide Oak definitely from experience. My newest single, Water Me Down, definitely from experience. Um, the song means about my mom, but then, uh, well, I guess Good Time Girl is semi sort of, I had like an experience that led to that. So I guess, yeah, I do tend to write about experiences, but also my next single that's coming out is not from experience. It's just kind of from an idea. So I would say a little bit of both. <laughs> I was going to say, then, nothing wrong with that. Now, do you write all of your songs, or do you have writing partners, or, or you know, kind of go out out of, you know, especially if we, with as much traveling as you do, I'm sure sometimes it's hard to find the time to really, you know, get in a writing groove. Yeah, so most of my songs I've written myself. Um, I enjoy writing by myself. It's, um, it's not that I don't enjoy co-writing that much, but I'm just really, like, I liked getting really involved with the song, and sometimes... I want to take two or three days a week, two weeks on it. Whereas I feel like if you're in a writing room with a co-writer, you're kind of pressured to churn something out in four hours, four hours, whether it's good or not. And and I kind of like the freedom to think, okay, really digest each line and say, is this what I want to say? Is this getting my point across? Is this the best way to say it? And so I kind of like to sit with my songs for a while. So that's why I kind of like writing by myself. Well, and I've asked this to others before because I feel like when you're writing and as someone that's done more of the written word of stories and things like that in some of my jobs, sometimes it starts out really good, other times not so good. I mean, are there ever times where you look back at things you wrote and go, what happened that day? Oh, I'm like, this is wet, hot garbage. Like sometimes it's just so bad and I'm like, what? I don't even know where I was trying to go with this, but I'll scrap it and start new and maybe take a line out of it and it, it ends up fine. But sometimes, yeah, it's just not good. <laughs> now, do you I have not, someone that I'm you can bounce, <laughs> bounce these things off of too? You know, go, hey, is this good or am I crazy? Yeah, so I mean, living in Nashville, obviously I have a ton of artist friends and, you know, me and my best friend, we're always sending each other work tapes and demos like, hey, is this is this good or is it just 3 a.m. and I'm crazy right now <laughs> so we'll just be sending each other stuff back and forth and um you know just kind of getting each other's ideas and sometimes we'll say oh what if you change it to this you know this wording is a little weird so it is good to have artist friends that you can kind of bounce those ideas off of and be truthful yes oh i'm always very truthful because i would want <laughs> someone to be truthful with me <laughs> Now, now I know recently you were you were up in Kentucky doing a, a show, I think in Richmond. Um, I, I looking at, at your itinerary, it looks like you you do a lot of traveling. I mean, how how is that? What's it like to be on the road and get to to go to so many different places? So it was kind of crazy this year. It was my goal to really hit. Well, in twenty twenty, honestly, it was my goal to do a lot of touring and get out there. So obviously, we know that did not happen. So um, in 2021, I signed with a booking agent in January, and I've been working with her, and she is fantastic. I told her, I, I want to go everywhere. I want to meet everybody. Like, I want to meet all my fans. I want to go to where they want me to come. So she has been really busting her butt, getting me a lot of shows. So I think we've been to, like, 11 states this year so far. So, um, and my, you know, I just want to, I want to do it all. So it is, um, 
it's awesome. The, the driving a lot is a little tiresome, obviously, because I'm not in a tour bus or even a van. I'm driving my Kia Soul to my gigs. <laughs> um, so Ben is my acoustic duo partner, and um, he plays drums with me. So we're, we've been going around to the, playing these shows um, in that kind of setup. So it's just me, him, his drum kit, my guitar, in a Kia Soul, just hitting the road. So this weekend, I think we're driving nine hours to Kansas. So that should be, <laughs> it's, a, it's a long haul, but honestly, it's all worth it. I, I love it so much. I don't even, I just, I'm happy to be going. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, you, you talked about, you know, performing 11 shows in a week, you know, a, a few years ago. What is it about performing that's like your favorite part or just something that kind of keeps you always coming back to that? You know, live performing is my favorite thing about music. Like, I could care less about social media. I could, I mean, I love it, and I love what I do with on TikTok and Instagram and that. But live performing is, like, what I truly love. When I'm on stage, like, that's my favorite thing ever. Like, the feeling, the energy in the room, and just, like, the best thing ever is when you have people singing your own songs back to you. And, like, I think I'm just always chasing that high of like hearing people sing my lyrics back to me because there's honestly nothing that feels better than that. Well, and uh, yeah, I, I can only imagine cause I will never have that can't carry a tune. So I will, that'll never happen <laughs> for, for, for me. Uh, you know, you mentioned you've gotten to 11 States. What's the coolest place, whether it's performing or just being able to visit that you've gotten to go uh, w with kind of this, you know, being able to be on tour now. Honestly, I mean, any it just amazes me that people will come out just to see me like I have people coming out just to see me and like we played some shows back a few months ago in like Florida just and then these people all these people showed up to the bar pack the bar out and they're like yeah we're here to see you and I was like you're not just here on vacation they're like no we drove here to see you and I was like <laughs> And then people will be like, oh, we drove three hours to be here. Like last weekend, um, these people drove three hours to come to my show. And it's still just such a shock to me. It's like people want to come and see me. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it. But like, honestly, I can't even pick a favorite because any place that's like that is just like so humbling and just such a cool experience for me. Well, I, I was going to say, as a marketing guy, if you came up with this family member, you're calling your fans ride or dies with, you know, the off of your last name. Uh -huh. That is genius. I, I love that. And it sounds like they, they're loving it. I mean, they're, I mean, that's just gotta be so cool to be able to interact with them and not knowing all the time exactly what you're going to get into. Cause you are going to some far off places right. <laughs> you know, from and at least it's, home base. It's crazy because I have, um, I actually have a few fans that have started a ride or die page on Facebook and then a ride or die Instagram page. And so like, Anytime when people come out to my shows, they'll tag the rider dies in it or they'll say, Oh, rider dies in the house at wherever. And like, so they're all getting to meet each other and connect. Like, when they obviously they're on my TikTok lives and talking to each other in the comments, but it's awesome to see them meet each other and hang out at my shows. And it's kind of like this big community, like this big family, like you said. Um, and it's just, I love seeing that. Oh, that, 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 that is awesome. And I'm going to refill and just, we were talking about this. I got some Elvis whiskey. <laughs> I'm going for another one. So, you, you know, it's, it's got to it be, be worthwhile. 
So now, now you talk about TikTok. I know you do the, kind of the weekly live. Mm -hmm. You also just seem to have some fun. But how has that been? Because I know was it uh, "Water Me Down" or or, uh, or uh, which which song kind of you put it up there? weren't sure, and the next thing you knew, it kind of popped off. Well, actually, both last the last two singles that I released kind of happened like that. Um, it started out. I've only been on TikTok for like a year and a half. I started it mid year last year and. I posted just a cover and then it got like 300,000 views and I was like, oh, well, maybe I should post, you know, some more stuff on there. <laughs> uh, and then Good Time Girl was the song that I posted that kind of got, it did some big numbers and everyone was like, release this right now. So I was like, okay, I'll release it. So I ended up releasing it. It did super well for me, ended up charting, CMT picked up the video, like that was kind of my song that kick-started everything. And then... I'll post all kinds of original stuff on there, but Water Me Down, I hadn't even finished the song yet, and I posted the first verse, and people were going crazy over it, so ended up recording that. It charted number 22, um, and just, it's been getting me a lot of attention, like it's been getting radio play, which I didn't even know about, um, so everyone's like texting me saying, I just heard you on the radio, and I was like, where, what station, who, like, I didn't even know this was happening, so... Um, people are really liking that one, and it's it's getting a lot of streams, and it's it's doing really well for me. So, TikTok is where it's at. <laughs> well, I mean, that's got to be also kind of reassuring too. Like, if you put something up and you get the good feedback, then obviously, again, that's another affirmation of that. Okay, this is good. Let's get it out there. And it feels good to know, like, okay, I'm on the right track because all you know at the end of the day I want to write music that I love and I'm proud of but when other people are actually like into it as much as you are then that's just the icing on the cake now you, you mentioned mean I, I've been playing I like to you know listen to everything but before before a chat and make sure I'm and that song has some some fun lines but I, what did you say to your mom when you're like hey I wrote this song about you well, so it's always the, we always joke with her because she cannot drink any kind of bourbon, any kind of whiskey, anything dark. Like she is not good. Like Just it's bad. So she drinks vodka. She drinks Tito's. That's what she likes to mix a little fruity drink, you know? And so, um, I got this idea for Jim Beam makes me mean. And then I was like, Oh, this is my mom. So I just started thinking like, what what happens when mom drinks dark liquor? And so that's kind of how that song kind of unfolded. And I remember I wrote it in the car on the way back to Kentucky. And so when I got home, I like immediately, I was going back to visit my mom. So I immediately just busted in the door, went and grabbed a guitar, started playing. And I figured it out and I was like, mom, I wrote this song about you. And she was like, oh my gosh, really? Let, you know, let me hear it. And I played it and she was just crying, laughing the whole time. She was just, she thought it was the funniest thing ever. So no, she's totally cool with it. She's such a good sport. Well, I, I love that. But that's, it's such a great song. And that goes back to, you know, what I was saying earlier, you get, there's just, just some good attitude in it. Um, same with, you know, good time girl. Um, I mean, you know, just, you know, you don't want to be the, the good time girl can't don't water me down i mean there's just so much uh you know thought put into those and I, you come through and I, I was listening to you on a on a different podcast and I, this is probably the highest compliment i can give an artist what you sounded like there is what you sound like on the track and that is awesome to hear uh, you know because sometimes you go and you go wait that's not what i was expecting but you see, i mean it comes across so good 
uh, no matter how, how you're performing it. And I just love that. Well, I appreciate that so much because I spent a lot of time, you know, playing live and I want that to, to be, you know, heard that it is the same. I'm not going in there and they're not completely just auto tuning the shit out of it or, you know, I want that to come across. So that is a huge compliment for me. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I, I was just, I was listening to that and I, when I was writing down stuff, I was like, no, her music, it's, it's you, it's you comes through everything. I, I, I love that. Now, you know, obviously growing up, this is probably something you wanted to do. Music is, is, is something that you love. Did you ever think that it could be a career and that you'd be releasing, you know, songs, working on album, going on tours, going, doing shows? Did that ever cross your mind? Yes. I 100% my whole life thought I was going to be a rock star. So uh, I didn't really even have a backup plan. I went to college for music, minored in business. Uh, so yeah, I, I never, I still don't have a backup plan. So let's just cross our fingers. <laughs> well, I was going to ask, what, what would you be doing if you weren't doing music? So it'd be music well, of some sort then. Honestly, after I graduated college, I worked in radio for like a year and a half, and I had my own drive time slot. I had a whole show called Songbird Radio, three hours, um, and I would take callers, and you know, it was just like a really fun job. And I'm not saying I would be doing that, but you know, that's also music related. <laughs> so I really liked that, though. Um, it was fun, and, and I would do it again. And, and you, know, you you talked about being able to perform. You do put up some covers on, on, on TikTok. I mean, mm -hmm. if someone does get to go to a show, obviously they're going to hear originals. They're going to hear anything else that you just love to play. Yeah, so my shows are uh, really, unless it's a showcase where it's specifically to showcase your original music, you know, my three- and four-hour shows are a healthy mix of originals and covers. Um, if you go on Broadway, you're going to hear mostly covers. Um, but you know, places like, you know, I'm playing at the Crimson Moon, for example, in January. Um, so you'll hear probably 50, 50 covers and original stuff. So it just depends on the venue, but you know, I'm always going to slide some original stuff in there. Yeah. Well, and then the, to, to wrap, wrap it all up, you know, 2022 is coming around the corner. It's kind of crazy to think we're, we're, it's another year gone by. But what can folks expect from you? Some more music? Maybe full album? What, what do we got? Oh, I... Put you on the spot. I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> I'll tell you, I have three new songs coming out. Um, the first one in line is January 6th. So starting then and then... I'm not going to give too much away, but starting January 6th will be my first single um, of the new year out of three. So I'm very excited. Awesome. And then, of course, you know, we're going to be hitting... Um, even more shows in 2022, um, even more states, no more venues. Um, so I'm really looking forward to all things. And there's some things that I cannot talk about, but I really want to. <laughs> um, <laughs> so just know that there are, are things in the works, and I'm really excited for all of it. Well, I, I love the tease. If nothing else, it, it gives people something to pay attention to, to, to look forward to. And if you want to find more about Taylor, go to uh, find her on social media. She's smart at Taylor Austin Die across them all. Uh, mm -hmm. it, very simple. Even even uh, on the web, you can find shows, everything like that. Check her out on TikTok Live. That's every Thursday, right? Is that, that when you're doing your TikTok Lives? Um, Try it's to usually at least. Anywhere between Tuesday and Thursday. 
Gotcha. Midweek. 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 Yes, midweek <laughs> is when I try to do it because it's, my schedule is so crazy. I can't commit to one day, but I'm actually doing a TikTok live after we hop off here. <laughs> well, awesome. Awesome. Well, well, Taylor, this has been a blast. Thank you for having a drink with me. And, uh, you know, I can't yes. wait to see what, what new music you got coming out. Hey, thanks for having me.